Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Emma Burgage. And I'm your co-host, Jose Camacho. Whether you're a player or a coach, or you're just passionate about what you do and you want to be the best at it, this is the amazing podcast for you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Amazing Tennis Podcast. Today, we have Kurt Stefan. He's an owner of Custom Tennis Rackets. Uh, I actually got connected with him through Anne Grossman because uh, I wanted to get my rackets weighted and checked out, and she's like, the best person here is Kurt, so reach out to him. So this is how Kurt and I connected. He, um, a little bit about him, um, from 1987 to 1990, he was a producer editor at a tennis magazine TV show. Now he runs his own company, and he's worked with some of really famous tennis players, and I'm just gonna name a few of them, not all of them, because- It's a long list. It's yeah. a long list. Uh, even Lendl, which is telling us that you were, you've been in tennis for a long time. Yep. Pete Sampras, Michael Chang, Patrick Rafter, Andy Murray, Casper Ruud, Martina Navratilova, Monica Selesh, Mary Jo Fernandez, Jessica Pecula, Magdalenette, Madison Keys, and we can go on and on and on. It's a long list. And now you have to add my name, Emma Burgage, there, please. I will, definitely. You, you really have we'll to. add it to the website since <laughs> yes. I get back to the shop. So thank you so much for um, for coming. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah, and I'm excited to learn more about your story. So tell us, I want to know about the, the TV magazine. I want to know how you started your business and um, everything. Out of college, I went into TV production and they uh, started working on the, the tennis magazine show for your older viewers. There used to be a magazine that was tennis magazine that people would get all their information from. We were the TV version of that. Oh. We would do a, a half hour show that was syndicated around the country. And um, I was producer editor on that for four years. The company ended up going under. The company that we rented space off of was in the same facility. So I ended up being friends with the guys and that was uh, Bosworth International. And they were a company that customized rackets for all the top pros in the world at the time. Warren Bosworth had started the business back in the 70s with Rod Laver and Rose Wall and all the guys. Built it up, he was pretty much in the forefront of customizing rackets from the 70s all the way through the 80s. Um, and a couple of those clients on there were his big clients, Yvonne, Martina, that he brought in and helped them out to get to where they were. Um, I went down the hall. They needed a stringer. I didn't have a job, so I walked in. Uh, Nate Ferguson at the time was the man in charge. He is now, uh, he owns his own business, Priority One, and he has all the top pros, men's basically out there that he travels with. Um, we were friends before I worked with him. We'd hang out. He called me in, he goes, you want a string? I go, I've never strung before. He goes, no problem, perfect. We wanna teach you how to do it our way, which they considered the, the right way. So they taught me after a year of stringing one racket 400 times, I ended up uh, 30 years later, still stringing rackets. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, 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 it was a job that I took because I needed a job. But Warren also emphasized, I want to give you something that you can make a career out of and something that you can, you can have a job to work at, even if it's here or there or somewhere else. But um, after that year of stringing, uh, Nate came to me one day and said, here you go. 
you're up. I go, what do you mean? He goes, here's Yvonne's racket. Put it on the machine. It's your turn. Go. So I basically, feet to the fire, my first pro, and I had put this on my Instagram a couple months ago because it's my 10-year anniversary of being in business that Yvonne was my first pro client that I strung for. And if you want to learn how to string real fast and real good, <laughs> that was the day that I did it. <laughs> and um, it, it's been great ever since. Um, I've had uh, the pleasure of meeting a lot of the top pros, obviously, that you read off. And um, all of them are fabulous behind the scenes. Um, it's a different world than what people see at tournaments and, you know, on the practice courts and everything. When you're isolated and you're one-on-one -on -one and you're stringing for them, you have a different relationship with them. And, you know, Yvonne's one of those guys. I still stay in touch with him today. I was on court with him and Andy back in March when they were down here in Florida testing strings. And he's very different from what everybody would imagine he would be. And um, he's just a total jokester on the backside. He would always come into the office and want to cut my hair. So he'd sneak in the <laughs> office with a pair of scissors and try cutting my hair while I'm stringing. <laughs> just little things like that, that that I cherish now from the old days. And, and um, you know, it, it, it worked out to be a good thing. And then I was there 20, 21 years and I've been in my, have my own business for now 10. I've been doing it for 10 years now and picked up some of my own pros along the way. The, the later ones that you had read and yeah. work with them. So. so, yeah, and you work with a lot of juniors and a lot yeah, of... Yeah, I, I work with some ca uh, academies. I don't... I work with players at academies. I don't work with certain academies. I'm not... I'm not isolated to just one academy. I, I do travel around a little bit. Um, we work with, with, with some juniors. I'm working with a couple juniors now. Some, some kids that... I uh, have a, one girl that was number one in the world in 12s, 13s, 14s, got injured. She's trying to make a comeback at 19. We've been working with her racket, get through her injuries, and try to get back to, a, to the level that she was now. And that's a, a, a really hard process to do, to try and get somebody who was so good, so young, and then something happened, and then try to get them back on the track to get back to where they want, where they were and want to be. So and, and and you're you're getting there. <laughs> you're going through this. That's why we're sitting here. <laughs> yes. So, but that's interesting that you say that. Why why is it so hard? Like in which way? Because like, like well, the the particular girl that I'm working with now had never had anybody work on her rackets. Which, if they would have, she probably would have never had any injuries, and would have mm. never had to go down this road of having to just constantly rehab and, and, and go through the grind of trying to get better all the time because there's a lot of little things and there's a lot of deep dives we can do into how rackets can prevent injuries. And, and when you're junior and you're coming up through the ranks, the last thing parents want to spend money on is a racket. They'll get the racket, the string, half the time they won't change it in time half the time they won't change grips I'm, I, I'm matter of fact all the little things and this goes back to Yvonne that I've learned over the years is to be a professional is is not just looking like a professional when you go on the court it's all the little things that you do that lead up to it it's it's uh, from him I remember this back when he first started with Andy years ago they went on court and Andy came with one pair of shoes and he yelled at Andy what are you doing with one pair of shoes what happens if you're going to sweat. You're going to blow one out. What are you going to do? So they got into a big argument about that. That Little things like, and I'm going to explain to this girl, I'm like, you need to change your grips every time. 
you have an elbow problem, you can't be using the same grip six times in a row and it's soaking up moisture and you're slipping and you're gripping harder and you're doing this and you do it. There's so many things like little things that I'm trying to teach this girl and other juniors that are coming up that being a pro isn't going out and winning a match. Being a pro is everything that leads up to you to be able to win a match. And sometimes it's hard because younger, the younger junior kids are, are not mature enough to comprehend it. That's so interesting that you say that because I've never been taught these things, right? Like right. I never, like even you saying this right now, I'm like, wait, do I have to change my grip like every time? Do I have to change my grip every you're, time? You're over grip. My, oh yeah. You're That's over. I'm, I'm talking, talking about, about over grip. Like, yeah, over grip, but still like for every practice to change <laughs> the grip, really? Well, I would, here's what I told her. I told her, at least take it off because, especially if you're here in Florida, you're sweating. Is that what pros do? Every time. See, I don't know. Every time, that, every time that they would play a match, pros that we dealt yeah. with, yeah. would take the rackets, or we would take the rackets to go restring them, and we'd take every overgrip off. Because you let the undergrip dry out. Because if the undergrip doesn't dry out, you put a new fresh overgrip on it, it just soaks up the moisture, you get slippage, and there's a lot of issues that can happen. It's just little things, but it, 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 it when you get to a certain level, those little things add up. Yeah. And I, I said that to Yvonne years ago, and he was with the USTA out at Chris Everts, and he goes, go over and look at my 16-year-old over there and tell me what you think. And I was leaving the facility, I went over, I looked at him, the first thing I text to him, I go, can you teach him how to change a grip? His grip looked like he dragged it through the mud. And I'm like, it was Taylor Fritz. Oh, wow, wow. So okay. Taylor's learned a lot, obviously, since okay. then. But just it's just little things that you know I pick up because I'm around it every day, but they don't teach this at academies. Coaches don't care about it. Parents don't know, so it's it is what it is but it, it drives me crazy just little things like that because I, I can imagine because you've been in this business and in this world for so long that you see these little things mm -hmm. right you see it on a daily basis right and for you in your head you're probably like just you want to share that message of how important it is to to focus on these little things, right? Right, try to educate somebody on Try to educate. So edu I, I wanna be educated today, I really uh, do. Okay. Okay, let's start from the basics. So, okay, let's just focus on me, mm -hmm. okay? We're just focusing here on me. I, I wish I would've came and watched you practice a couple of times. Then I would've, I mean, I'd have a really good feel on what's going oh on. Oh God, oh God, <laughs> I would we'll, be we'll, scared. I'll try to read it. You see, I had so many injuries, you know, as a junior, I won my first professional title when I was 16. Yep. I and I was always talented, always, you know, but always little injuries like that, mm -hmm. right? But I don't think I ever, until I got to college and we had somebody to customize the records and everything, until then, like, I just played, honestly, when somebody asked me, what do you prefer? I'm like, whatever you give me, I can play with it. Right. You know, I'm like, I'm so, I'm so good, I can play with anything. <laughs> but no, but you know what I mean. Right, until um, you get to a certain level. Until you get to a certain level. So it's like, now it's like, what, okay, without, like, can you tell me, can you educate me on things without watching me? Or is it like, are there some things that like, for everyone, or you would the, have to watch me there, to tell me? There's some things for everyone, 
like the the grip thing, like I mentioned. <laughs> it's like you, you're, you're sweating. The grip is like you dunked it in a tank of water. You know, you can help yourself out in the long run with that. Uh, with your, what was your injury? Um, you see here, I have four. It was like it was forearm. Um, forearm. Yeah, like every time I would play more, this would get swollen. So it was like a mus a nerve pressing on a muscle. Gotcha. And then I had a shoulder surgery. Okay. So these two are the main. Okay. <laughs> what um was it? What I usually ask if if I'm talking to people about injury and coming back and rehabbing and what to play with and so forth, um, was it a one time something happened when you hit or over a consistent time of just wear and tear? Wear and tear, wear and tear. That that was I had three three main things I was dealing with. And right now out of these three, I have a like a low back slash sciatica performance mm. syndrome, like shooting down my leg on the left side. Yep. So these three, one, two, three. Right now I'm dealing only with this one because I'm not using this one as much. I'm not practicing that much. But I know as soon as I start playing matches again in tournaments, Yep. And I play like, and it's the stress. It's different than when you're practicing, right? right. The stress when you're playing a match. Right, it's then totally different. Your muscles are completely tense and different than in practice. So I know that this will get, like, it gets tired. Yep. And it gets swollen a little bit. So so maybe it's the strength and the racket. <laughs> it was probably well, the, probably it was probably probably it. the strings in the rackets when you were like 16 or 17 yeah, for sure of what you know escalated into all the issues that you have yeah. now so how so you can't rewind time obviously no. you can't go back no. but but what you can do is you can move forward and you, there's things in the racket that we can do with the racket that can help you prevent Further injury, obviously, you don't want any more injuries, and maybe help you out in the long. Like everybody, the biggest thing was always, I got tennis elbow. What am I gonna do? And I've had, yeah. and I've had people say, I had tennis elbow for a year. I tell them, first of all, let's start off and put a set of gut in there, natural gut. Okay. Nobody uses natural gut anymore because it's seventy-five dollars for a string job. You put that, and I've I've done it. I put it. I had a couple people. I put them in. They're like playing and it's like yeah I'm better now I can at least hit the ball you know and, and get through it the strings are obviously a, a, a big issue with with injuries because the polys which everybody has gone to in the last you know five to ten years a lot of kids are going to have injuries if they don't string it the right way and they don't cut it out and they leave it in because the string will go dead and then you're going to get all the pressure on your arm from the racket instead of the racket absorbing it so I don't know. You said you were using Luxlon, which you shouldn't be using Luxlon. <laughs> maybe, we, maybe we could get you onto something I, different, I, but make you feel happy about playing the way you're playing. So wait, wait. That's the biggest issue. I just started using Luxlon because it just felt good, but I don't have to use Luxlon. Okay. Like, I fortunately, Luxlon, out of all the polys that are out there, Luxlon is probably the best out there as okay. far as the the makeup of it. Um, you know, it's a little bit softer. It, 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 it's a little more forgiving than than a lot of so-called polys that came behind it that just wanted to get on the market and is a little bit stiffer. So you, if you're going to use a poly, I would probably lean towards using what you're using the Luxalon. I, I don't, 
I don't know what I will be using. I don't know what I should be using. That's why I am well, talking with you. Well, that's why let, I'm like. Let's 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 do this like we did with your racket. Because so what did you do with my racket? We took your, your we took your old racket when we, we oh, yeah. when we talked yeah. before. Yeah. And we went back to the old spec. Uh huh. And then we made a new one to the, to that spec. You know, adjusted it to that spec. What string were were you using when you were playing? I don't know. Do you have any idea? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, then this is this going to be a hard puzzle to put together. Then I can ask. I can ask my coach. It's just. I mean, it's not like you're going to go back and use that string. Just it, so we know. It's just so you know where you came from, and maybe when you were playing in college, did you have any issues with your injuries? Yes. You did. Yeah, I had a shoulder surgery. Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think we should use that string. No. But see, it gives me an idea of what yeah. to stay away yeah. from. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you if you know, you know. No you, idea. You, most likely, you were probably on a poly. Uh, it's been. I think it was I a mix. It was a hybrid. Yeah. It's probably synthetic, maybe poly. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because because a lot of people went to poly and then it was too harsh and then they tried to soften it up by mixing. Okay, can it. we know for us like um, you know not that very educated people on strings? Mm -hmm. Can you tell us the difference between? Oh, before I before I ask you that, have you ever thought about making your own strings? You coming up with like because you're in, I, like imagine like how good of a business would that be for you? You know, like instead of using someone else's strings when you're stringing, you know exactly what's good and you develop these strings. I don't know. Just, just, yeah, have no, you ever thought no, about that? Um, I mean, you must Never have. thought about it. Actually, <laughs> Only for the reason of to get into that market, you have to, you have to be a company that has been pretty much already established into the tennis market. Like, mm. um, Lux Lawn took a long time to come out. I remember when they first came out. The guys back in the 70s used Pauly. It went away because gut came on. It felt really good. Now Pauly came back in late, mid, mid late 90s when I started stringing. They couldn't give it away. They were literally giving it away until Guga won the French. Mm. And he had Pauly in. So everybody's like, this is the miracle string. This is the magic. So then it just, it was like a mad rush. And then obviously over the last 20 some years, it's it's been a mainstay. And all the pros are using pretty much it. They hybrid a little bit with gut, the top guys. But you see all the pros using it. So everybody wants to follow in that footstep and, and use it too. Because if they're using it and they're having results, then I'm going to get it too. Yeah. It's not for everybody, obviously. There's uh, there's still people out there that I string that don't use a poly. They use a synthetic. And uh, but uh, I, I asked you why you never oh made my own string. Yes. Um, I guess I was too busy just running my Stringing. business, <laughs> running my business, <laughs> putting the strings in instead of worrying about. I mean, th there's people coming out with it. That's what I was. Th that's where I was getting with with Luxalon. You know, Luxalon took a long time to get to the level that they're at now. They're probably some 35 years to get where they're at. 35? Probably, because from the time they started it and then they started giving it away to everybody. They literally, I think, we were, get, we were getting packages and packages and we're like, what is this stuff, you know? And it's like, we put in a couple people's rackets. We had a couple lower tier pros at the time 
they were even putting their pictures on the, the lower tier pros mm -hmm. and trying just anybody to play with it at the time. But it takes a long time for to get into the market and to get your string. Obviously, you have to make a good string too, and yeah, and to yeah. go through all the Process. pro processes of trying to get there. It's just easier for me to, you know, take just, take the take the pro string and put it in the racket, whatever they like. <laughs> I mean, true. I understand what you're saying. Just an idea. I mean, no, for yeah, you, yeah. I mean, your I think your business and I, I don't know, but I obviously I don't know anything about strings. And I see, don't know and, what and, the and, process and, would be. And personally, I'm not mixed up in in all the molecules and the, the I know a little bit. I'm not a scientist on this stuff where. If they put so many beads of this, or so many beads of mm -hmm. that, and yeah, I'm, I'm just like, I'll leave that to, to the to other people. To the other people do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's go back. The other question I was gonna ask you: What is the difference between poly, synthetic, and natural gut? And natural gut. That's great because those are the three main strains, basically. Right. That's now. only three that I. Basically, yeah, know. yeah. Those is that are, all there is? Yeah. Um, start with the gut. The gut is a natural string. It comes from a cow. Gut, intestines. Oh, really? Yes. Actually, I yes. didn't know this. Yes. Okay, There's great. videos out there. Anybody want to YouTube it? <laughs> There's videos out there of them spinning gut. They they get, it used to be in the old days, cat gut. They used to use cat gut. No. Then, because the rackets were so small, they could get away with cat gut. Then the rackets got bigger, so then they went to cow guts. And it got to the point when I was working with Warren, he was working with a gentleman in Pacific. It was called Pacific. Uh, they were a tennis company manufacturing gut from only certain cows from Australia because the quality of the gut was so much better. Wow. This it's, is really we're getting, interesting. Now you're getting okay. really deep. With yes, it. we but are. Anyways, get, gut, yeah, but good, good. I like gut, it. Gut is a natural fiber. Okay. Meaning... Um, when they take it and they take strands of it and they'll twist it together. If you ever played with natural gut or if you've seen natural gut, over a period of time when you wear it out, it, it hairs up. Yeah. It hairs up, yeah. right? Well, those are all the spills coming across. They, they start to unwind. Uh -huh. um, the more they do, the better to feel because you're getting thinner. Mm -hmm. So, But the tension on the gut will not... Will, every racket, when you take it off a machine, comes down a percentage on tension. But the gut will maintain it for like ever, basically. Um, I had a racket from Vetus Gerolitis they pulled out in my in my old office when I was working there, and he went out and hit with it, and it just it felt the same. It was like almost 15, 20 years old gut that was sitting in it. Synthetic, synthetic is basically plastic beads that they wind together, or there's different multifilaments. There's different different. Uh, setups of, of the synthetic gut. Um, it's basically in between the poly and the natural gut. It's going to give you a lot more feel. It has a lot more sponge to it. It's softer. The polys are, are, are harder, obviously. They're for more control. And the reason, and they kind of la they last longer than the other, than, yeah. than the other synthetics that, that's out there. And that's the reason everybody jumped on to uh, the Luxalons and the the Paulies is because the South Americans, where it really grew a lot on the clay, they can get a, a day or two out of it instead of using a synthetic, which would break on the clay really quick. So they were getting more time on it, and that's what they liked about it. But it's 
you had to string it a lot lower because it's a lot stiffer and it dropped tension a lot quicker. So it drops tension quicker. Synthetics in the middle of the gut, which would last a, a long, long time. And that's why I said people who get a gut job, they could leave it in there for six, eight, nine months and it would be from the time I hand it to them to the time they break the string. If they don't break it, they're good. Okay, <laughs> you really threw me off with the with the cow. I'm still there. <laughs> no. You're gonna be you're gonna be, you're gonna be uh, googling we cow to, gut. We have to make a real cow eyes. gut. <laughs> 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 no, Babylon has a because Babylon is basically the main company that does gut, and they still do gut, and I still string a couple of my clients with gut, but they they are the main company, and they do have a video out there of they. Sh and when when you see it, it's like a piece of string. When it comes in, it's string. They salt it. They you know they dry it out. They show you the whole process and and how they how they make it. So okay, another question. Mm -hmm. um, okay, who? So you you would use poly for more control, mm -hmm. and because they, it lasts longer, synthetic is in between natural. Like, would you ever, like, put? Natural got like the whole set, like, or you would do the hybrid, like mix it with. Oh, all it all depends on the player. So, who uses what nowadays? The top players. Um, but yeah, go top players. Oh, what they use. okay? I'm talking top players on the men's side. On the let's, men's. Let's go on the men's <laughs> okay. side. They're using Luxalon and gut. Okay, Luxalon and gut, but what kind of gut? Natural, natural gut. Yeah, Babolat. Babolat. Most likely Babolat. Babolat is like the main company with what, gut. What's the other? Uh, I think there's 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 a company out there called Clip. Mm. I don't know where they're out of, and there's another lower tier company from England. I think that makes gut too. Is it true that Herr Joko chooses Technifiber? I don't know. Somebody told me. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> what they're seeing, the natural color that looks like a Technifiber, is gut. So he's using... His and then Luxalon, for sure. And Lux. And they use, they hybrid But which one? Which one? 125? Or what do you know? They probably... We're deep, we're deep diving it's into fine. this. I mean... Yeah, I, and I'm sure... It, it's so funny because you can go on the internet and find out anything yeah, you want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, they're probably adjusting... Nate's going to kill me because he's doing his rackets. But... Uh, they're probably adjusting, and I'll stay vague on it as much as possible, and still give you information. Um, they're probably adjusting, like from the from the grass courts to hard courts on the thickness of the string. Would would we would we used to do that with with Yvonne and, and Pete? Like when they went to grass court, they would go thinner. Like they would go um, gut is measured in gauges, like sixteen gauge, seventeen gauge, uh, you know, fifteen gauge is thick. Um, they would go from and then in millimeters. Um, they would go from like a 125 on a standard, like if they're playing on hard courts or on the clay, they then go to grass, they would go to like 120. They would go mm. like five millimeters thinner. Why? Because the reaction of the ball. Okay. So you get more feel out of it. And then how often do they string rackets? Um, like the top from players. From my, my inside with. source that I'm not going to no, name. No, no, no. The, the, the players top you worked with and you work with. Uh, see, it's... You don't have to name. But no, see, that's totally different. It's beca different. Because different. when I was working at my old place, 
um, we were shipping rackets around the world. At the time that I came on, they decided to have one main office and everything go out of there. They used to travel around the world with players, and it just mm. got too expensive. And then, obviously, with the world getting smaller, because you had FedEx, we were FedEx and everything overnight. Um, I did, my biggest day was 24 rackets for Monica Sellis. In one day? In one day. How? And then we shipped them out, and she used them for the whole week of the tournament. 24 rackets? Yeah. Why? Because, because she didn't want to have on-site stringing. She wanted our stringing. So what we did is we calculated out the tensions for the whole week because we knew she'd probably get into the final. She had 24 rackets for a week, freshly strung, which is, which is low because the guys now that are out there, my inside source, is doing rackets and he does anywhere from eight to 10 a day for a tournament. Wow. For, for, I should say, let me rephrase that, for a match, so if they go into a match and they have eight to 10, you, you gotta remember, these guys are going five sets at Grand Slams too. And, and here's another tip from, we got from Yvonne is, ball change, racket change. Because you have a fresh ball that's gonna bounce different than the old ball, you have fresh strings that's gonna be the same. It's everything with stringing. The biggest thing for stringing and finding a stringer that you like and you're gonna use is consistency. I'm so far behind on this. It's all, con to, it's yeah. all consistency. Yeah, yeah. Because like if, and I've had this with players go, you string for me and I love it, but when I go on the road, obviously you've been out there yeah, and exactly. you've seen guys yeah. stringing with yeah. props, yeah. weight machines yeah. and all yeah. kinds of different stuff. You ask them for 52 pounds and it comes back at 40, oh, yeah. 40 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so consistency between stringers and that's why majority of top pros, Djokovic, Marinka, and all those guys will travel. Yeah, because Nate they have travel. all the money in the world. Not really. But that money's making them money. Exactly, exactly. You're right. You're completely right. So you're not going to get a, a race car driver saying, I don't want to change my tires yeah, yeah, and yeah. try to win a race. <laughs> they don't, people, and this is the thing that falls back to uh, being a junior or even college players that the last thing they'll ever put money into is a racket. Yeah. And that's yeah. the one thing that's going to get you yeah. ahead. Yeah. I don't want if tennis is like, if you walk into any golf pro shop or a store, you'll see guys dropping clubs down and paying a thousand dollars just to get the heads fixed the right way. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. you know, tennis isn't like that, unfortunately. Yeah. But now, like when you think about it, like to go on tour and to like, you know, from taking care of your body, nutrition, this, that, practices, blah, 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 then this, like, where would you rank this stringing and taking care of the rackets in there from like tennis practices, fitness, conditioning, nutrition, recovery, massages, the physical therapy, where would you put it? You, you're like you're like asking me which kid is my favorite kid. You can't do that. Which which yes, kid? You, can. Which kid's your favorite kid? Huh? And I don't we'll, have. We'll I have don't. this on video to show them in twenty years too. You know. You have three kids. You said? I got two. two. Two boys. Same thing. Oh yeah, two boys like me. Um, um, it, 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 it's the whole. It's basically the whole. It's the whole package of what you just named. That it has is, to, but like, if you had to prioritize some things, like if I can, obviously, everything. Yeah, obviously the main. The main thing is your your health. 
If you're not healthy, you're not going to be on the court. Yeah, but if you're, what if my strings and my racket are affecting my health, and I'm not aware of that, then, and I'm doing everything else, but like. But that's part of being healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. If you're realizing that you got arm issues, it's not because you're doing 20 push-ups. It's because something is bothering it, and what's bothering it is in your hand, your racket. Oh my God. And all these. We got years, a lot of work with you. Yes, you know all these years. You have to see, even like while coaching in the last seven years, I literally like have so many demo rackets in my you know, pro shop because I just get demo rackets. Mm -hmm. So, you know what I would do? Like, the pads of the day, like, what outfit I would wear, I would match. That you would play with, yes. <laughs> but a lot of, I see it with a lot of, of junior players with the academy, the parents, you know, obviously financially. But uh, it, it, it's, you got to some sometime make the choice if if you're really gonna be in this sport and want to be a professional yeah you got like i mean uh good story was rafter we worked with rafter since he was like 16 17. awesome guy came in sat there read the paper strung rackets very quiet guy he got a contract he was supposed to his contract was up with prince and Prince wanted to sign him another contract, but Prince wanted him to use the white TT Warrior. It's painted all white. And he said, no, I can't. Tennis players, and over the years, I've found they're very yeah. neurotic about their yeah. certain things. Yes. He goes, nope, I'm playing with this. And Prince is like, well, we're not going to sign you. And they're like, he's like, fine. What'd he do? He went out and played with his original Prince racket, won the U.S. Open, and made three times much money from Prince than if they would have signed him before they went to the Open. Wow. So he stuck to his guns and did what he knew he had to do. Yeah. And we've always preached that. A lot, and I say this all the time about all the younger pro players, men players on tour. They chase the dollar. They don't chase trophies. And I tell everybody and all the kids that I deal with at junior camps, chase trophies and dollars will follow. Yeah. And I see, you see it from... All the pros, that all the guys, you know, Pete, Andre, Agassi, you know, all those guys, they played for trophies, and now, obviously, they reap the benefits of it from winning all the trophies. Exactly. If you win trophies, you're gonna, you're gonna be fine. Yeah, exactly. And That's you so leave, true. and you leave a legacy. That's so true. I love that. Um, so, what would you say for, for a recreational club player, like, should, like, how? Like when somebody comes and asks me as a coach, because I do mm -hmm. work in a country club, uh, what what strings should I be using? Like, let's say, I mean, I can go from a lady that's like 40, 50, plays like a few times a week, or I can go from a recreational guy that's in his like 20s or 30s, plays also a few times a week, right. um, but not no tournaments, no nothing, but just you know, wants to get better, like, how do you, how do I decide and the tension and, uh, like, when they, when they really don't know anything about the strings? Um, there's a couple little rules that you can follow. You said the older lady first. You're probably going to go with a little bit wider beam, the wider beam on a racket. As far as rackets go, the wider beam is going to give her a little more power because most likely they're not generating the power or they're not hitting out they're just butting the ball back what we mm -hmm. call pushers 
um, a strain for her, something like that, would definitely stay away from any polys. I'm gonna put some uh, synthetic in, okay. just for it's softer, so you don't you don't want to get her out of the game before she's in the game, so to speak. Uh, younger guys, if you got guys in their 20s, 30s that are going out and swinging, mm -hmm. maybe you can put them on a poly. Maybe on like uh, Wilson is a you know more standard beam or head where it's a little bit thinner. They get more control and they can they have confidence to swing away. Um, a lot of a lot of stuff that we do with the pros and one of the pros that I work with, Magnet Lynette, we did over the last year and a half is we transitioned her from Babylon to Yonex. Mm. And the reason that that happened is because the Babylon was giving her power, but it wasn't, it's, it's very, you, when you get to such a high level, every little thing is huge. And she didn't have the mentality or the confidence to play her game with that Babylon. Mm. Changing that racket and like within the first two weeks working with her coach, he's like, she's a totally different player. She can go out. She's, her mind is totally different on where she's at on the court and how she's playing and approaching and attacking the game because she had more confidence in that racket. It's The rackets were exactly the same weight and balance, same strings, everything. It's just the rackets, but one racket gave her a little more control. That little bit more control gave her so much confidence. Mm. And then obviously she got to semis in Australia. The yeah. yeah. And we did it with, with Jessica too, with Pagula. Went from Babylon to Yonex. And really? Yep. I've but been, why? Why? I've been working, why Yonex? I was. I've been working with her for for six years now, and she was on the Babylon Arrow. She can generate more power than probably anybody on the women's yeah. tour. Yeah. She just couldn't get that control. Yeah. So then we ended up going to Yonex because Yonex is notoriously just the head shape on it a little bit will give you a little bit more control than, than the other rackets, the other manufacturers. So then just in, in testing, we did some testing, and then she's the same thing. It's just like she just skyrocketed, went through. She can go out. The racket, we, we found the magic wand for them at that point. Yeah. So, but getting back to your, sorry, got off of that one. Go, goes from a recreational <laughs> Your recreational, the strength, the strength like I said, <laughs> if you got younger guys that hit a lot and, yeah. and, and, and they are pretty, you know, not subject to injuries, mm -hmm. then you can go, they can go, you know, put them on polys and have a, a Wilson or a head racket where they can get more control out of it because it's a thinner beam. The older, older clientele maybe go on a little bit thicker racket, Babolat, or even the Wilsons. They have other retail Wilsons out there that are a little bit thicker. Give them a little bit more pop. They don't have to swing away as much in synthetics on it to keep the arm soft. What about tension? Tensions, I, I would, some, somebody like that. Unless they, if they don't know what their what the, what their tensions were, I would try just starting in the in the recommended from the factory. So oh, okay. it's usually a, yeah. a good starting point. Okay. And like if you if it says recommended fifty five pounds, and you, you notice you go out and you give lessons to a lady, or you're working with somebody and the ball's flying out of the court, yeah. and she's not even hardly hitting it, then yeah. you, you would go up in tension, up in tension for control and down for power. Okay, then what about um, what about the juniors? I mean, like. Like 10 and under. Like ten, 10 and under. This is good because I'm working with a girl now who's 12. And she's, I've been working with her for two years, two and a half years. I string for her. Like her mom played a little bit on tour. But she she gets like four rackets strung a week from me. 
Wow, is she good or what? Yeah, okay. she's 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 good, okay. and she has a little sister too that's a couple years younger. Um, it's very tricky because that you really have to hone into the player, uh, their size, their ability, their strength. She's playing with Babylon racket, Babylon drive, and she has a high. We just switched her over to a hybrid of a like a Paul, a soft poly and a synthetic. Um, she ended up getting a little bit more control out of that than just doing straight. So those kind of players, it's all, and everybody always says to me, well, you don't know what you're talking about because you can't give me an answer <laughs> of little Jimmy. Unless I see little Jimmy and if I kind of, you know, yeah, you don't, everything that I tell everybody is like, somebody always comes up to me and says, what's the magic racket? What's the magic string? And we had, we had talked about yeah, this before, the top three, Roger, Federer, and Joker, they all play with different manufacturers. Their string is pretty much a little bit different from each other. Tensions are all different. So everybody's different in personality and the way that they play. I tell people you just you have to try things, but everybody wants to just get quickly to the yeah. to it. The next. Um, yeah, there's there's no magic. I mean Anyways. If there was, everybody be playing with exactly, the exact same with the racket. same racket and same strings and and everybody be be beaten, be beating everybody. Exactly. So, what is? I'm gonna ask you a question to close okay. out this podcast. You've been in this tennis industry. Does, just don't ask me the worst person I ever strung for. No, no, no. I can't no, no, answer no, no, that no. one. <laughs> I would love to, but I will not. <laughs> what is one trait or one, um, yeah? personality trait, I would say, um, that um, you think it's important. This is not strings. This is not related okay. to strings, okay? Yep. Because you've been around a lot of professional tennis players, right. women and men. Like, um, what is one, if you could pick one, like, personality trait of, like, how, of the top players, like, if they have something in common. Yep, they do. It, okay. I was thinking about this last night when we were, I was going over this. All the players that I've, I've had the pleasure of personally dealing with have a kind of sort of one thing that is very in common. It is, is it's the love for the game. If you don't love what you're doing, if you're going to go out there and hit a thousand balls in a hundred degree heat, I, like there's so many different stories of Monica Sellis doing stuff and Pete Sampras and you, and these guys and ladies were just so in love with what they were doing that drove them. They didn't care about the money. They just wanted to play tennis to win the trophies. And that was it. Oh my God, I love this. I love this, closing out a podcast with this because this is why I'm going back on tour because of the love of the game and that's the number one reason. Not for anything else, it's because I missed it so much throughout these years that the love that I have for it, mm -hmm. it, it I, 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 I can't explain to anybody. Like, I can't. But that that is amazing. And, and watching all these players do what they do because of that yeah. is amazing. Yes. Because I it's, I just couldn't bring myself to that level. Yeah. It's it, so it, hard. It's, it, it, it's it is. so hard. And that's what makes them so special and the longevity of all these yes. all these players of staying yeah. in that. 
in that world for so long. Yes. Yeah. People don't don't respect that enough. Unless you're in in the sport and you understand that right. there's something. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. If you're just an outsider that just follows tennis here and there, they kind of get it, but nah. No, they they, they, no. they don't understand no. The, no. the sacrifices and no. stuff that they go no. through for sure. Um, the only thing I want to mention is that we didn't even get to my custom painted jobs, <laughs> but we'll, go, maybe go that, no, that'll be for another one. We'll do something down the road. The custom, I mean, if you want painting, um, go go mention it. Well, we obviously the big part of our of my business is also doing custom paint jobs on okay. rackets, and we do personal custom paint jobs. So, what do you mean, like how? Well, like whatever you want. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And obviously, I have galleries up on my website, you know, customtennisrackets.com, and uh, on my Instagram. Um, it it took really took off during the pandemic because people couldn't play and they could deal with not having their racket for six to eight weeks because that's what time frame we. We need to paint it in so it kind of just like it exploded into that and there's a lot nice. of people that we've done I, I do a lot of rackets for uh, pros that black out when they're testing rackets wow yep we do that stuff wow yeah so it's a totally different part of the business but it's it's a big big part of my business that's growing oh you see that's that's great that you said anything else about your business or uh, that's about it i think <laughs> Well, follow Kurt on social media and check out his website and any questions you can reach out to him either on Instagram or me. I'll connect you with him. Thank you so much again. This was great. It went by so fast, right? Yes, it did. And uh, we'll have to update everybody on your Yes, so Progress. we we should do like another podcast. We're gonna, in like we're gonna a go few we're gonna go on the court with you. We're, yeah, yeah, we're gonna do to. your rackets, yeah. and then yeah. you can come back, and we yeah. can go over it. And yeah, and then if I don't make it and I don't start winning, it's basically your fault. Then so. I'm not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> no more. You got it. <laughs> okay, right. thanks, Kurt. Emma. Thanks. Thank you so much for supporting and listening to our podcast. Make sure to follow us on social media, and be sure to listen to next week's episode of the amazing tennis podcast.